it's Thursday, and if you came here expecting a podcast about the open-world zombie survival game DayZ, brother, you are in the wrong place. Have you been Googling our show, Kevin? I have. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's Look, DayZ, I tried playing it, fucking sucks. <laughs> it's, it's, they start you off with nothing and like there's uh things like cholera and dysentery and like you have to figure out how to like use twine and matchsticks to survive and i i made it about i don't know three minutes into the game and then some guy just came up and like literally bled me like cut me and, and took my blood <laughs> and then i said fuck it and gave up good metaphor for what this podcast does to me no kidding especially this episode yeah. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the 2002 album Sevas Tra by the band Otep. And for the sake of my sanity, I will not be referring to this album as Sevas Tra throughout the episode, but rather Art Saves, because, you know, it's yeah, Art it's Saves. Backwards. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. We'll give a shout out to a uh, friend of the show, Philip Patrick, at Ronnie James DLO, for uh, <laughs> suggesting uh, that we cover this album. Uh, that neither Kevin or I had ever heard before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, this is this is some shit, man. Yeah, this one's dark. Yeah, but before we can get into this album, we need to learn a little bit about Otep the band. And to do that, we got to take a look at the lead singer, Otep. Yep. <laughs> the band is named after the singer, Otep Shamaya. I'm going to lead with a disclaimer that most of this info comes from early 2000 press releases and GeoCities interviews and Angel Fire web pages. There's a lot of conflicting info and a lot of surface level info that lazy local music journalists utilize to shit out the feature for the upcoming shows in their area. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. The foursome began gigging around Los Angeles and scored a deal with Capital solely on the strength of their live show. They'd not yet recorded a demo, releasing their EP the following year. Rumors of cannibalism and dabbling in the mystical arts helped add to their mysterious image. Boo. So, yeah, r rumors of cannibalism and dabbling in the mystic arts. This exact phrase can be found in 128 individual articles, all from local alt-weeklies. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have gone deep, deep deep down the rabbit hole trying to find any sort of veracity to that claim and no matter how tangential and the best i can find is that around this time they have like a fake pig head that they stuck on the stand as a stage prop well no i mean obviously if it, that was in a hundred different little weeklies that was their press release they just mm -hmm. made it up about themselves yeah yeah <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of that going on here all that said otep was born shannon michelle Ashley on November 7th, 1969 in Texas. In her early work and for her publishing company, she often uses the last name Batty after her stepfather, who she has said she thinks of as her real dad. She took the stage name Otep as an anagram of poet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pre pretty straightforward. Later on, it seems like she decided that wasn't enough and uh, went a little long on the bullshit. I found a uh, 2007 softball interview on metalunderground.com where the interviewer tees her up with, so your name Otep was given to you by your mom who was a fan of Egyptian times. What exactly does Otep mean? 
And she replies, from my understanding, it's a word used in African nations now, and it can mean a number of things. It is a greeting. It also means peace with you and creative offerings. I believe it was a suffix in ancient times and was commonly used, at least from my research. I, is she confusing this with Opet? Because, <laughs> yeah, there is. So I always confused Otep with another band called Opeth, which yeah. is named after like a African town called Opet. Um, and they were like a... I don't know, Swedish or Finnish or something like death metal band. They're that had all this, fucking like, good. I've seen them a few times. Yeah. I thought that was the same band, um, yeah. but they're different. <laughs> Imagine your disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But whatever. This is just another one of the many revisionist self-mythologizing aspects of Otep. As a youth, Otep was a self-professed grunge kid listening to Nirvana and discovering the magic of music, listening to old Doors albums that she found in her parents' closet. And actually, I believe that. That kind of tracks. Music wasn't the initial goal for Otep. Uh, rather, she seems to have been driven by art in all of its forms as a vehicle for expression. Her chosen path uh, being poetry. At some point, she moved to L.A. to pursue her ambitions and landed a gig on HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam, which we will now be watching. Oh, fantastic. On Deaf Poetry, welcome to OTEP. You have seven more seconds to decipher your life before my tongue becomes a blade and your brain gets sliced. I warned you before, I'm addicted to war. I was praying for Armageddon on the day I was born. Three pounds. Four ounces. Seven weeks premature, perfectly flawed, and perfectly impure. See, it was a night of lies. It was a sick, quick compromise. It was the devil in his eyes. It was innocence slithering down her thighs. It was... Yikes. Oh, yikes. Just <laughs> cringe city. Yeah, just, I mean, she's a slam poet. I guess. You know, I mean, it's not our thing, but uh, apparently the folks at Deaf Poetry Jam were into it. Her move from Deaf Poet to New Metal Sensation is a bit murky, so let's go back to the press release. And this is so difficult because you don't know if I'm talking about Otep the person or Otep, Otep the, the band. Otep the band, right, Yeah, sure. so... I'm going to be veering in and out of those. I apologize for the confusion, but hey, enjoy your free podcast. <laughs> Otep began as a band in Los Angeles, California in late 2000. They were invited to play OzFest before they had signed to a label after Sharon Osbourne witnessed their live performance. They've since played OzFest several times. Otep signed with Capitol Records after four shows and without a demo, purely on the power of their live performance. Now, what you can't see is me making a huge jerking off motion right now. I am going to call bullshit. Nowhere in this world does a band with no demo get in a room where Sharon Osbourne is going to stop, listen, and then invite them to play OzFest. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And in no reality does a band then get signed to a major label with no demo and four shows under their belt. It does not happen. Unless you know someone. So here's my theory. Let's take a look at the other members of Otep. You've got Rob Patterson on guitar. Now, Art Saves was his first album, so he's ruled out as a suspect. 
And then you've got bassist Jason Evil J. McGuire. Sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, the V and the L are capitalized, oh, but the E and the I aren't. So you know he's like twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for Evil J, not much of a pedigree at this time, so that's unlikely. And rounding out the group is drummer Mark Moak. That's his like new metal name. Moak. Bastani. Moke's career started in 1991 when he appeared on the Roadrunner Records compilation Ominous Guitarists from the Unknown, which has just the best album cover. Let's just take a look at this album cover real quick. Holy shit. <laughs> this appears to be a robot kitty cat with a guitar on the moon. Just shredding. Just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's like a couple different robots, and they're all just fucking going for it uh, in space. And uh, this is billed as a collection of cutting-edge guitarists for the 1990s. Wow. I bet yeah. you can find this in just bargain bins all over East L.A. If anybody has ominous guitarists from the unknown, please DM us. I will give you my address. I need this album. So that was his first appearance. Moke would then go on to play in bands like Hayes and... Most notably, Cellophane, an act that would appear on the 1996 OzFest lineup. Ah, there we go. There you go. Moak uses his industry connections to get a spot opening for Cold at some L.A. club, and it wasn't Sharon. Jack Osborne was in the room, and he tells his mom about the opener, and then a video of that performance lands in front of Sharon. She puts them on OzFest to make sure that they can do the festival circuit and there's fan interest and then boom, record deal. Okay, that tracks. That, that makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. That part is never told. It was just like by happenstance, Otep right. was in the room. Yeah, it's just, it doesn't happen like that. Before Art Saves, Otep released an EP on June 19th of 2001 with the insanely unfortunate album title Jihad. <sighs> that EP had an 84-day lifespan before it got fucking yoinked. <laughs> I wonder why. Why did that happen? Uh, nothing that I could find in my research. But Jihad was only intended to be the appetizer. On that album, it actually says, be on the lookout for Art Saves coming in 2002. So these things were in motion. Uh, Jihad was just supposed to be the thing they hand out at OzFest. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Produced by new metal producer extraordinaire Terry Date, Art Saves was released on June 18th of 2002, and with it came a full court press blitz, another spot on Ozfest, and opening for acts like Drowning Pool. Make no mistake, this album and all the ones that follow are the Otep show, and for good reason. She's an incredibly charismatic frontwoman and a solid performer. And a female in a new metal band, which, as we've said before, is a rarity at this time, and also openly gay. And as far as I know, this is the only instance of somebody being out at that time in new metal. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. But in my research, there were just some things that never sat right with me. So I'm going to play you a clip from a 2002 interview with Rob's Metalworks. There, there are going to be some people tonight who, for the first time, are going to hear about Otep. So that's where I really want to start. Tell us a little bit about the beginnings of this band and, and how this band came together and where you guys are from and all that stuff. Uh, we're from Los Angeles, California. That's right. Um, I was an illustrator and a poet first, and then it sort of came into being. Uh, I wanted to try something sonic, so I went out trying to find the right people to 
try to bring this vision together and and uh, you know I met the guitar player and then I met uh, I met uh, the, the drummer and then the bass player and we just got together and we just you know we experimented and just tried to you know I took what I was doing visually and uh, you know tried to bring that to life sonically and so she went out to go find some people and then she met the guitarist the bassist and the drummer they don't get names Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Right. She didn't just go out, find these people magically, and then wham, bam, get a deal with Capitol Records. Didn't fucking happen. One last thing before we get to the music. There's this absolutely fucking hilarious bio that I found uh, on their 2002 archived version of their website. Otep absolutely wrote this, and I am going to read it to you in its entirety. Perfect. Three musicians, one poet, Los Angeles, California, savage riffs, double bass, poetry, emotion, integrity. That's the intro. It began with a vision, a voice, and a poet. The year was 2000, the dawning of a new millennium. It was the season of anti-reason and the fall equinox had just begun. Together with the philosopher Xenophon, an alliance was formed deep in the chaotic kingdom of the West that would secure the rising of a new empire of sound. Oh my God. Secret rites were held, experiments in mental alchemy and word sorcery were introduced. And soon, three musical magi Rob, Moke, Evil Jay heard the holy word and devoted their gifts to the sacred circle. The eternal serpent once again slithered from the void, emptied its mouth of venom, and swallowed its furious tail. The collective Otep was finally given life. That was like furiously scribbled onto a pad in like her figure drawing class in her community college. <laughs> oh, dude, it keeps going. So, like, uh, of course, they mentioned the uh, record deal without a demo, only played four shows, blah, blah, blah. So, like, they're just, oh, yeah. And then they return to Los Angeles to begin perfecting their warcraft for the impending worldwide infection. So whatever the fuck that means. Art Saves is 13 tracks clocking in at 61 minutes and 60 seconds. Nick, are you ready? Yeah, let's just go. Let's, let's, let's get into it. It opens up with Tortured, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Off top, I'm going to say uh, this album has a lot of references to being abused as a child. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole theme to the album. Um, yeah. So, like, that's been done. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a new metal trope. Uh, at this point, we'd already met John Davis having a meltdown in a vocal booth for Daddy. We've already had uh, Down With The Sickness, that yep. part in the middle of the song where it sounds like his mom came into the vocal booth and beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, yep. so those guys tried to creep us out, and it didn't work for me on either mm-hmm. one, especially mm-hmm. the Disturbed one, which was like the most fucking contrived bullshit ever. This one actually creeped me out. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go near that. I'm not going to poke fun at uh, anybody, you know, dealing with the trauma of being abused. No, uh, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, generally, we, uh, you know, believe victims and stuff. So Yeah, the only funny type of abuse is elder abuse. So, well, um, yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, come on. As uh, you know, as the uh, great philosopher Sum 41 said, uh, we like to laugh when old people fall down. <laughs> <laughs> that kid they can't have said that. Is that yeah, a thing? It's a, it's a that simple plan. 
What? We like to laugh when old people fall. Something like that. Okay. Um. <laughs> Are you Hang sure? On. You- Hang on. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's go to the tape. <laughs> we like to laugh when old people fall. Yeah. That's the lyric. They really did say we laugh when old people fall. And they're not wrong. Elder Beast yeah, is always, just always hilarious. Funny. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this song really isn't a song. It's a disquieting intro, with some creepy guitars, and Otep laying down some poetry about some really gruesome shit. The first song that we get is Blood Pig. And this song goes hard. Yeah. I mean, it's heavier. Uh, an initial review of this album, I can't remember where it was. Maybe you know, Kevin, but it literally said, that this is heavier than Slipknot. Mm-hmm. And like, at times they're not wrong. This is also our introduction to Otep's unique vocal style. And there is not another vocalist I can think of who is doing what she's doing in this space at that time. So I'm gonna play a little bit of that. I checked like the live performances at that time. She's doing this shit for real. And I don't know where this voice came from, but uh, it's she's got a great scream on her. Oh, yeah, she does. She also, though, relies a lot on like blowing out the microphone. That's something that is prevalent throughout this. I think that she has like a super rough speaking voice. So something tells me that like she probably ripped her throat raw. Like, <laughs> yeah, doing yeah, a like, vocal cord injury. Yeah, I think so. This stuff is heavier than a lot of what is on Ozfest at that time. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, like, Deftones, that's about it. Yeah, yeah, and the Deftones influence is heavy here. Yeah, it is. Deftones and Tool, I think, are kind of like the big players. Uh, According to uh, Wikipedia, all music has described OTAP as art house new metal. And Otep's primary influences include Slipknot, Slayer, Korn, Rage Against the Machine, The Notorious B.I.G., Nine Inch Nails, Jim Morrison, Tool, The Doors, Nirvana, and Deftones. Yep, Otep wrote that one. Mm-hmm. So next up is Trick. Uh, that is T-R-I-C. It is a uh, acronym. I don't know for what. It's uh, for The Revolution Is Coming. Where the fuck did you find that? I read the lyrics. <laughs> oh. She doesn't make it super clear because like in the chorus, it's literally her just yelling trick like super loud. But she does repeat right after that. The revolution is coming. And then I just, you know, put two and two together. Yeah, this is the song that completely lost me. Oh, yeah. Immediately. You're like, dude, this band might be rad. And then trick starts. Like, Well, there goes that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Otep is rapping and boy, is it not good. Yeah, 
Yeah. How many yeah. takes do you think that took? <laughs> <laughs> she also um, uses the insult mental midgets in the lyrics to this song. Oh, yeah. No, the, the lyrics are goddamn nonsense. I've got words burn with passion, mentally enhancing. I'm David to Goliath or Delilah to your Samson. Kicking ass like Cassius, spreading rhymes like rashes. The satellite's in flight. How long before it crashes? <sighs> not Not great. No, not great. Next up is my confession. Hey, kids. Ready for five and a half minutes of slam poetry? Uh, yeah, it's still super heavy, though. But, like, why does she do so many whisper parts? Like, the band falls out and she has all of this stuff. And then it gets heavy again. But the, the vibe is destroyed. The groove is gone. This is just slam poetry done over, like, the Dollar General version of a Tool Jam session. And there's like one really tough breakdown in the middle. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll probably allude to that later, but like there are breakdowns in this and like that oh, wasn't yeah. done in new metal at all at, at that time. Yeah. Um, there's like a death metal thing and like, you know, hardcore, at the, at, but like new metal bands weren't doing breakdowns. And there's also a ton of double bass on this record. Yes. You get pummeled by the double bass on this. And there's, yeah, some cool like palm mute guitar stuff. Like, I mean, I kind of like what the band's doing like kind of often. Yeah, no, there's a lot of parts I enjoy, and then just as quickly, they get yanked out from under me, and it's Otep, you know, spitting the wiggity-whack rap or whatever uh -huh. the fuck. But yeah, my confession, not really great. Um, what is pretty great is the next track, Sacrilege. Great new metal song. Yeah, I mean, it is It is a very, I mean, we have lyrics such as, uh, say what you need to save your soul, but don't fuck with me, I'm losing control. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so tired yeah. of this, so sick of you. My tongue is battered and bruised from all these attitudes. <laughs> Otep's cadence also on the rap parts really smacks of Fred Durst. She definitely picked up that. Yeah. There's a sick adrenaline era Deftones breakdown, and it also has one of the silliest lines I've ever heard in a song. Fuck these hypocrites. Together we'll fight. Tyranny of squares. Squiggles unite. Yeah, Squiggles Unite. We're not done. I got some more stupid lyrics I'm going to be talking about here in a minute. <laughs> Next up is another banger, Battle Ready. And Battle Ready is a groove metal song, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so we haven't really talked about it yet, but she's heavy into the religious allegory. Like, she uses it. I mean, I guess, Kevin, you did, talking about, like, Samson and Delilah and whatnot. She talks mm -hmm. a lot about stuff from the Bible. Um, and like often talks about like Krishna and like just some other like she talks about Babylon a lot. So like her and P.O.D. have that. In common. <laughs> the whole thing is rooted in symbolism and junior college level poetry. Yeah. Or the bridge to battle ready goes come shadow soldiers. We came to defy living life is a lie. We embryonic satellites need our freedom to fly. What is an embryonic satellite? I don't know, but I do know what a shadow soldier is <laughs> on that same 2002 website where there's the most ridiculous bio ever written. There's a link that is shadow soldiers. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, tell me. Tell me. It's their fan club. It's their street team. Yes. The shadow soldiers. soldiers. Yep. Yep. <sighs> and uh, it gives you the options to uh, download like flyers, basically download flyers with the blank little spot appearing on. So. You have to like spend your money or your parents' money on all the ink and toner cartridges Dude. back in the early 2000s. Street teams were such a scam. 
Hey, here's some stickers. Now go wheat paste our posters all over your city and risk getting arrested. Pretty much. Shout out to all our shadow soldiers out there. Yeah, I mean, Otep's in a rap bag getting off some nonsense bars. Like, as the pinnacle, lyrical master, queen of disaster, I ruin brain fluid. The unknown is what I'm after. Like, what the fuck? <sighs> it's painful. Yeah. Next up is MT. It should be empty. Yeah, but it's spelled E-M-T-E-E. -E. Here's what Otep had to say about it. To me, that song's about not, it's about, you know, the, the surrealists like uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, those folks understood that their life, there is a void in life. There is a hole here. People are always trying to fill it with love, with drugs, with booze, with sex, whatever. They're trying to fill it, right? Never with internal, it's always something external to come in. Well, they recognize that, yes, there is a void and that we must fill it. My note says this is what a haunted music box would play. <laughs> it's a bad middle school poem set to music. And yeah, it's just it's literally like it's, it's a break in the album to showcase her poetry. It's not so much of a song. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on here. Yeah. Yeah, we get a few of those. Yeah. Next up is Possession. My note says, what the fuck is this? <laughs> the, 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 speaking testaments in our secret dialogue while the drones begin to feast on the feces of the hog. <laughs> that is legitimately a lyric in this song. And then a little farther along, she goes, the afterbirth of knowledge is America's nightmare. <sighs> so wise. God damn. You know what just occurred to me? It must be really tough to have been an OTEP fan. Like at Ozfest, you're trying to go like, the feces of the hog. <laughs> <laughs> there is the end of the song gets kind of sick, though. She goes to like this halftime, like kind of breakdown groove part. And she's just like howling about how she's screaming at the demons in her veins. And I was kind of feeling it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's perfectly serviceable new metal. It's uh, not nothing special, but nothing terrible. Next up is thoughts, and I'm guessing that this means ideas. Yeah. Rather than being the acronym for that hoe over there. I think so, too. I think she she beat it by like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but holy shit, does this song ring different in March of 2022? It starts off as this another spoken word thing with like a ringing percussion in the back and this like percussive muted guitar string digital delay thing. But the lyrics are... Nothing's changed. The Senate's still corrupt and the emperor remains the same. Every day is a new strain of slaughter. Supply lines are less protected. Evil on all sides. And I've been watching the news a lot lately and like... Uh, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, she nailed that. That that hits different. Then you've also got pros like chiseled in the meaty forearms of Mother Jupiter and his slave disciples. So <laughs> if that's your thing, have at it. Yeah. This song, this album is like uh would be in like the heavy section of like the store that sold bongs <laughs> oh my god like you'd have to go through like a different beaded curtain to get to the <laughs> this section <laughs> we're in the black light section now kevin the fuzzy posters and otap yeah right next to the poppers and, <laughs> oh uh... yeah yeah this is a poppers album for sure <laughs> i'm sorry not poppers uh, VCR cleaner, or, <laughs> I believe is what it's sold as. Not that I've ever done poppers. <laughs> but man, I've done a shit ton of VCR cleaner. 
anyhow, <laughs> next up is probably one of my favorite songs on the album, Filthy. She spells it F-I-L-T-H-E-E, if you're picking up on the, the theme here. Oh, nothing spelled right on this. <laughs> it's just, this is one of the one of the very toughest songs on the album to listen to. I know Kevin said it's his favorite somehow, but like I got into the intro when she says, lying naked alone on the bathroom floor, evacuating pain, and I can't get his scent off me. And I was like, I need, I need a fucking break. Yeah, yeah, that part was kind of tough to get through. But then, I mean, we get some Halloween ghost guitars, like super oh, yeah. tight riffing. Like, I mean, it's it's a jam. It's just a uh, really disturbing jam. She goes into a lot more religious imagery while talking about like sexual assault. And I tried to find out some more about the song, like to w- what her intent was. So I was looking up all these lyric sites and I couldn't find anything. But then I found karaoke-lyrics.net and it had this. And all I could think of was walking into a karaoke joint and some like goth chick is screaming, don't touch me there. I'm slowly (laughs) backing out and running down the street. (laughs) Right back to the bong shop. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm going to need two VCR cleaners. All right, so next up is Menacide. Menacide's great because um, it made a lot of metal dudes big mad. Oh, yeah. No, I love this song because, I mean, she's right. Men are trash. She is, yeah. She uh, she uses the term apple eater as an insult for men. I fucking apple love it. Eater. Yeah, I mean, you're just getting pummeled with double bass and Otep screaming, kill your masters, Menacide! And I'm here for it, man. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. great. It's one of the best songs in the album, but it, it does. I'm so tired of the guitar strings being scraped with the digital delay. It's all over this song, too. You're going to wish we stayed here. Next up is Jonestown T. And uh, I'm just going to say it. This is a nine minute, 47 second song about Otep being molested by her father. Yeah. And like, she's real graphic with the words too. Like, I don't even want to say some of them. Oh no, it's real gross and super disturbing. Otep spoke about the song, uh, Jonestown Teen in an interview. And she said, I wanted to do something dramatic for the record. At one of our rehearsals, management was there and some people from a label scouting us. And we just started to improvise. By the end of the song, which was about 13 or 14 minutes later, people's jaws were on the floor. I'd kind of gone off into this other place and didn't really realize what had occurred. Something remarkable had taken place. We'd gone through that and everyone was like, where did that come from? I decided that this was something important that I wanted to express and communicate on the record. Can you imagine being some A&R guy from Capitol and you just go to see this hot new act that Sharon Osbourne has co-signed and Crazy as Otep is in the booth, just screaming, please take your dick out of me. Yeah, or the lyric about masturbating while her dad walks down the hall with a Bible in his hand. Yeah, like you're just like, oh, I heard this is the new corn. And like you're sitting there <laughs> for, for 15 minutes because you can't just like leave. I guess, Kevin, now I, I understand better why our parents were so worried about us when we were like 14. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't imagine like. Kevin Sr. coming and be like, what the fuck are you listening to? Uh, Yeah, so here's the thing, though. Again, not calling into question that horrible things probably happened to her as a child at all. Nope. Um, She does say the quiet part here that, like, well, it just so happened to come out when, like, A&R was in the room. And she also told us that Jim Morrison was her influence. And this is her 100% doing that, like, drunken Jim Morrison 
this is the end thing. Yeah, Lizard King type yeah. and shit. Yeah. Dead dog on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what she's trying to tap into that energy. And she basically told us that by telling us that Jim Morrison was her influence because mm-hmm. it's new metal doors. Yeah. Oh my God. Otep is new metal doors. <laughs> Holy shit. You fucking nailed it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's super unsettling. You know, I, I guess, um, it, it, you know, express it how you need to. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to judge that. You know, it's your album. But, uh, yeah. Man, the fucking, can you imagine that A&R guy going home? So how's your day, honey? Well. <laughs> as he's like, his hands shaking as he's pouring himself a bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it closes out with a secret track, Brother. And uh, it's more poetry. And this one is about what we are led to believe is her deceased brother by the name of Mikey. I uh, got halfway through it, and then I clicked stop. Yep. It's an unsettling end to an unsettling album. I really wanted to like this one when I heard Dead Pig or whatever that song was called. Blood, blood Pig. <laughs> blood, when I heard Blood Pig. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is going to be tight. But I, I really had to had to fight to get through this one. It really shines in places. And then it really just, it, it's a fucking slog of a listen, man. Yeah. <laughs> so here, where are they now? Well, Otep is going strong, releasing eight more studio albums with number nine in the works. Yeah, dude. They also released a live album in 2012. Rob Patterson and Moak would leave the band in 2004, uh, with both reuniting briefly on the album Smash the Control Machine some years later. Since then, it's been a rotating cast of hired guns and toured musicians. After Art Saves, Otep would release one more album on Capitol before moving to Koch for 2007's Ascension. In 2009, Otep inked a deal with the Suge Knight of Hardcore, Tony Brummel, head of Victory Records. Yeah, buddy. Otep would release three albums on Victory before yet again moving labels, this time to Napalm Records, where they currently reside. Otep still tours consistently and continues to exist in the middle of the hardcore new metal Venn diagram. And according to a number of musicians, she's also a complete fucking nightmare to work with. Yeah, I saw a lot of that. Yeah, Uh, seriously, like musicians who are generally like don't want to rock the boat, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, because you never know what's going to happen down the road and you don't want to burn bridges. Otip is up there with Danzig in terms of people just saying, yeah, no, fuck this. (laughs) So uh, I'll give you a couple examples. In 2010, Otip hit the road with Stray from the Path and I Wrestled a Bear once. In an interview with the San Antonio Current, the original vocalist for I Wrestled a Bear once, Krista Cameron, was asked about the tour and had this to say. I've been on tour for a while now, and I've never experienced a tour like that in my entire life. Let me just put it this way. I didn't know Madonna was metal. (laughs) We never really talked. Oteb Shemaya's fans would come up to me crying. She wouldn't talk to them or anything. They'd ask us if we could go get her, and we were like, if we even come near her bus, she'll probably set us on fire or something. (laughs) She'd sit in the back of the bus all day. She wouldn't leave. Every day when they got up on stage, she'd say, hell yeah, we have two women on this tour. There needs to be more women in metal. And I was just like, you don't even talk to me or my band. You were pushed by the label and by your management to talk to me. (laughs) So, wow. Wow, that's a call out. The drama continues. In 2017, Otep played The Wire in Berwyn, Illinois, and of course they keep on saying they played Chicago. Oh, yeah, that's how it goes. We've talked about that a million times on this show. Yeah. 
So they played with a local metal act called Nethersphere. Following the show, vocalist Carrie Funk, which, great name, went on Facebook and posted a 21-paragraph screed against Tone Tap. That's too many paragraphs. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will not be reading all of those. I will be paraphrasing. Let me say I bear no animosity towards the staff or venue or promoters. That said, fuck Otep. <laughs> he goes in this little tirade about sound check issues before he gets to my favorite part. I asked a member of the staff if we would be able to get a table for our merch stand and was informed that Otep said that the local bands aren't allowed to sell merch tonight. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. Nethersphere gets 20 minutes to open and then has their set cut short while playing by Otep's camp. By Funk's estimation, they played about 14 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. Back to the merch. So in an act of malicious compliance, they start telling their fans to meet them out front where he begins selling merch in front of Otep's tour bus. That's just funny. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, He writes... No one from their camp said anything to us directly, but her guitar player walked past and said something about the pissant local bands, if my ears did not mistake. Which sounds about right. Uh, so he keeps going on and on about how he's not allowed to grab his gear until Otep is finished, never mind the fact that she's still on her bus. And that's a reoccurring thing, is she just sits in her bus. He waits through the show, the show ends, and he still isn't allowed backstage until Otep is finished with her meet and greet, or whatever. He finishes with... The words entitled Brat come to mind. She's a fake. She doesn't give a shit about her tribe so long as she's making money and doesn't give a shit about her fellow artists who devote their time, blood, sweat, and tears to create. She didn't earn her dues. I'm inclined to agree with the dues earning part. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree. If you're playing OzFest out the gate, you have a different expectation of what your life should be. Once Ozfest ends, you're playing Berwyn, you're playing Sioux City, you're doing you're doing a B market tour, acting like you're still on Ozfest. Rounding out the Otep drama is a band called Covalescence, who Otep personally kicked off of their tour. The guys from Covalescence had this to say, and again, I'll paraphrase. This is stemming from an alleged incident that occurred in Michigan two nights previously, where claims were made that we sold our merchandise during the intro of their set. So there's a theme here. It's buses and merchandise. She hates merch. Yeah, well, no, she hates other people's merch. (laughs) She probably loves merch. To be fair, I don't think I've ever seen an OTEP t-shirt. Well, sir, you've never been to Cheers Bar and Grill in South Bend, Indiana, because I guarantee (laughs) you there's a lot of OTEP shirts there. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, so so again, these guys post this whole way too wordy, way too long response about how Otep is an absolute nightmare to work with. Otep's response to them was, we had to remove one of our opening acts. We do our best to give our tour packages an opportunity to play for our fans who are the most loyal and passionate people on the planet. But if the band begins to act entitled or jeopardizes our message, then they gotta go. Like just a weird way of talking about people as commodities. Yeah, right. Our message of me singing about Bible stuff and pedophilia. (laughs) Good God. Uh, So that ends the tale of Otep. And if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that we're probably going to catch all sorts of hell for this episode. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's a free show. You don't have to listen. 
So before we close out, we will run the segment. If you like that, listen to this. I am going to recommend the band Sharp Tooth. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's another uh, female-fronted heavy band. You know, I think I've talked about them on the show before, but their uh, vocalist definitely talks about a lot of the same things that OTEP does in terms of um, social justice, uh, you know, equality, women's rights, and, you know, some of the more difficult aspects of, like, abuse and stuff like that. It's heavy as fuck, and I'm going to play the song Clever Girl. Yeah, Sharptooth fucking rules. Yeah, they're a really cool band. All right, man. So what have you been listening to? So I've been working a ton. I've been on the road. I was in Tempe, Arizona all weekend at the Innings Festival. Um, I watched Tame Impala play the same song for what felt like three hours. Uh, (laughs) I, I, I don't know if they have more than one song or if they have one big song. Tame Impala sounds like... If you were in utero and your mom was listening to Pink Floyd. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was in the car the other day and I just had a playlist come up on title and the song Maja Lee by uh, Bear vs. Shark from their first album came on. And I uh, forgot kind of how much I like that band. So I'm going to play a little clip of that. All right. That album came out in 2003, right about the same time as Otep, and it's uh, way more fun, and you won't want to kill yourself after you listen to it. <laughs> Love Bear vs. Shark. I decided to take a break from insane dork metal. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, I need to I don't little... believe it. No, man, I... Uh... Even after you saw Shadow of Intent in real life? Yeah, dude, well, that was fucking incredible. Cannibal Corpse killed it, and Whitechapel just made a new fan. So, uh, yeah, I, but it was a lot of of metal and I just kind of needed to step back from that. So I've been listening to Stove God Cooks. Stove God Cooks put out an album, I believe it was in uh, 2019 called Reasonable Drought. It combines two of my favorite subjects, cocaine and top tier rapping. Okay. I'm going to play the song Rolls Royce Brake Lights by Stove God Cooks. I just want to be successful. Tell them niggas. Trillis ever did it. Shooters in the 92 intrepid. You got collage work. His shit mixed with his shit mixed with day work. My shit is Cinderella slipper. I ain't sorry for the wait. Bitch, I was in the kitchen dancing on a plate. They wrote my story out in invisible ink. They like what took so long. I'm like, nigga, I barely blinked. God bless a homicide. God bless a shooter. Your soul a computer. You 
Google rumors. I scale fish, boy, I move units. Stepped on it twice and I meant to. The brick got chandelier crystals. I love coke rap. It's the best. I stepped on it twice. <laughs> yeah, man. Fucking stove, stove god cooks. He's, he's the real deal. So, uh, Nick, where can they find us? All right, Kevin. Everyone can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Days of the New. You can find me at Nick underscore the underscore knife. And you can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y. And you cannot find me on Twitter because his Twitter name is at Kevin Bunch of Numbers. And I won't tell you what they are, but he's there. <laughs> If you can find me, you will actually win the golden ticket. I will give you all of my credit card debt. It's yours. <laughs> you can have it. Uh, that's all for now. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Oh, really quick correction. Uh, last week's Mosh Pit, we did say that we were going to be uh, covering Hellbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie this week. And we did have a little switch up in schedule. Uh, we will get to it in a couple weeks, though. So you have more yep. time to listen to it because it rules. All right, guys, we'll see you next Thursday. Take care. Days of the New is a production of the Palm Springs 86. You were there, you were there with the elephant hair, the snuffleupagus power, and the... <laughs> <laughs>